So this morning I went in, she's, so, she's a very socially anxious dog, so I went in to take Buzz to school, tied her up at the gate, she went fucking mental. So that every, I mean, it's quite, you know, there's quite a lot of people coming in and everybody, it was just mortifying. So I took Buzz into the school and just thought, I said, don't look back, just keep walking. And then I get to his classroom, drop him off, turn back, and the whole school is, is screaming and shouting. And she was so traumatised, she'd broken free of the lead, shot into the school. Every board, there was like hundreds of people trying to catch this bloody traumatised dog. And she was soaking wet because it's pissing with rain. And she headed towards the main road. So all these kids, and suddenly one of the kids managed to grab hold of her. So uh, <clears throat> it was horrific. It was, and the thing is, I'm so fucking angry with her now. I don't even feel sorry for her. I'm just angry with her because she's so socially anxious. She can't. She's called a clinger poo. Yeah. She just. She just. She's so obsessed with me. It's depressing. Like really properly obsessed. Just everywhere I go, she's there. Yeah, she's really I go to the toilet. She's looking at me. Yeah, everywhere. She sits on the floor in the toilet and just looks at me. And I, it's gross. But yeah, so that's the dog. Was there any other dog up there? No, she follows well, she you a bit. She does. If I wasn't yeah. there, she would. She yeah. Might do, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's. I'm still struggling with. I love her, but I'm still struggling with having a dog. Because but I do, I'm glad I haven't got a sense of smell. I oh no, she doesn't smell actually. Smells. No, I wash her. I'm obsessive about washing her. Welcome to I Wish I Was an Only Child with me, Rachel Mason. And me, Kathy Mason. Where we speak to other siblings about the dynamic of their relationship to see where we're going wrong. Today, our guests are comedian David Baddiel and his brother Ivor, who's a writer. This podcast might sound a little different. Uh, so David and Ivor came over to my house and sat in the kitchen and we had to leave the door open because of Covid. So you can hear lots of ambulances and lots of parrots. Yeah. yeah there's hundreds of parrots on the heat. Green parrots. I know somebody let them loose years and years ago, and they just—they've taken over the heap, and they're fucking loud. So and just older, younger. So who is the? Come on, come on. It's obvious, isn't it? Yeah. I love the first. I mean, it's very flattering. You say. (laughs) Well, I know. No, I was the older one. He's He's the one you need to flatter. Okay. Okay. So, um, so it's actually so 16 months, it's 16 months. Is it? Yeah, because it's May. I, was, I'm I, I always say 18 months, don't change that now. That's my whole life Well, the fact yeah. is, February, March, April, May is four months. Yeah, but a year four. and a half people say 18 months, don't they? Same well, as us. We're 18, We're 18 months. months, yeah. Oh, really? Who's older? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> is there another one of you? No. Mentally. We've got, we've got another one, you know. Yes, Dan. And Dan is, what's the, where's, where's oh, he yeah. sitting there? He's Dan, Badil. Yeah. He's in uh, Brooklyn. Oh, no, right. So in terms of. He's the youngest. Oh, right. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think he genuinely is. I'm in Crouch End. He's in Hampstead. And Dan's in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, but we're all here. But, but he, so he is the youngest. He's 50, okay. 55, 50. You didn't have to do anything. No need. That's how old I am. It's a fact. It's just good to get the eight. I'm going to say something about uh, this podcast, which is that this is the first one, apparently, that you've done face to face with two other siblings. Because normally you do it on Zoom. Perhaps we should explain why, which is that I live. Uh, is that okay? Of course. I live ten houses up the road from you, and I'm going to explain why that is. Because I am David Baddiel, and I used to live with <laughs> Frank David Skinner. Uh, I used to live in a flat with Frank Skinner. Yes. Uh, a long time ago, and when I moved out and lived on my own, yeah. he bought a house two doors down from me. So then I moved to another house, a different street, <laughs> and he bought a house ten doors down from me. It's basically a very expensive form of stalking what that do Frank's you think always about? done. I've it's always a bit wanted. Weird. It's really. <laughs> Wait, do you feel a bit pissed off about it? No, not at all. I think it's very don't sweet. Because we see you that much. Well, that's probably best, given that <laughs> if, if I did actually just accede to this, like, I'm going to move to a house really close to you. But why does he do 
that. He, I think. He, I, well, I think he. he I loves think Frank, he loves me. I love he him. Does. He uh, does. But I also think that he's got a sort of 19th century village mentality, <laughs> and he wants to impose that on London. By saying, he does not. By saying we could just pop in at any point today. But he time. never would. He doesn't. He does occasionally. He did quite recently. The other day he did popped he? round. Yeah, yeah, he popped round. I can't remember what it was about now. I was going to say, what? Why did he pop round? Uh, why did you ask? I don't know. Yeah, so you know. definitely don't I have no idea. Can I just ask, though, yeah. listeners of this podcast know your relationship to Frank? Yes. Because otherwise it would be a bit odd. Jack yes. and Frank have interviewed, so Rachel's husband, Jack, who's a writer, and Frank have interviewed me and Rachel. We did like a Christmas. A special. Well, what do you describe it as, um, your relationship well, to Frank? My relationship yeah, to Frank. Yeah, what you describe as? Because I've married recently. I thought you And were one reason that I've married recently. <laughs> Angry. Of course, I know all that. But no, one reason that I got married recently, I think, was apart from all the very Financial romantic stuff. inheritance tax reasons, uh, is that I did not got to an age where I couldn't call Morwenna my girlfriend That's anymore because it just felt weird. Yeah. And partner has always felt a bit odd Why? as well. But to be perfectly honest... And me and Frank used to do this. Where yeah. when, when me and Frank used to live together yeah. and we were being dropped off uh, at a house which was not far from here, we sometimes talked about our partners, right? And we could then tell that the taxi driver was thinking, oh, do they mean each other? Um, and then we would add what we called a heterosexual caveat. Now, I know this is homophobic <laughs> of us and insecure of us. I'm absolutely upfront on that. But it Fair was enough. like, if we're going to talk about partners, we're going to have to very quickly say she oh, because see. of that you know, concern. That they're, just because we want to be clear and true about who we are. Are, yes. Not because we're insecure about our sexuality. Exactly. Yeah. But me, me calling my partner. Yeah, calling your partner. I'm fully calling my partner. Yes. Okay. And you won't get married. No. He's asked me a few times, and I won't. Yeah. Who's the funniest? I can't um, ask that. He's professionally more funny, obviously, but I'm socially more funny. He's going to dispute that. No, I, I, oh. I, I would be silly of me to dispute it. But let me tell oh. you a short story mm-hmm. that involves uh, something Ivor just told me. Oh, uh, and it involves him being funny, but something oh, yeah. else as well. So Ivor tweeted uh, yesterday. Perhaps you'd like to just say the tweet. Well, I can't remember off the top oh, of my head. That's but... really rude, that bit. Professionally, I can't learn lines. but I think it's this. I can do it. I okay, think. well, I can it's... get it up. I'll take a, a, can you? a moment. I have one of these handheld encyclopedia things. Do we do a phony noise? Oh, turn it off. Just turn the phone off. It's something like this. It's something like serving suggestions. No, no, no. I can't let you say that. It says... How annoying is it when you buy when you, you you buy some soup and it says serves two soup it doesn't say soup well it was soup <laughs> it actually soup, was soup, soup ruins it I know completely fucks it I know but it actually was a soup that I saw it on and then I thought the gag come on right hang on one moment bear with um, you can just play some music over this it says annoying how when a product says serves two <laughs> annoying how when a product says serves two it doesn't take into account that one of us might be a greedy bastard who is quite overweight. Right. So the point is, you know why soup, we can say it's soup slightly ruins that? You yeah. sort of imagine it's a cake yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. the point is that I, I saw that yesterday and I have a tweet quite a lot. Mm. And every so often, I do have more followers on Twitter than he does. I think I'll retweet something I've said because this is funny. Yeah. I probably don't tweet about eight or nine things. And then I think, oh, that's funny. And Ivan said to me on the way here, he said to me, oh, that tweet that you retweeted, it's got like... 4,000, 5,000 likes now, and, and he was sort of saying, I don't why that one? And I wanted to say, well, I retweeted it because I knew it was a proper funny one, right? <laughs> I knew that, and that is why I am a professional funny person, yeah. 
And you are, well, you're a professional I am a professional one. But I just said to him on the way here that every so often, I mean, you know, when, I, when, I, when I write, I was saying, I won't mention the name, but I had a script read with somebody yesterday and she hadn't read the script before and it was great because she was reading through it and really laughing at some of the gags, so, which pleased me because I thought they were very funny. But every so often I do something or say something which I think it's not that funny, but it surprises me how funny other people find it or how good it is. Are you That's also surprised is. that he didn't retweet the other eight? <laughs> no, no, because a lot of what I tweet is shit. Yeah. I mean, because... I mean, really. Because of my... Rape my pal. I've done this thing called rape my no, pal. Not anymore. Does, I've uh, stopped it. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> no, but, I mean, what really. Did what did you say? Rape my pal. What did you think I said? I'm not saying. You this thought you had a, rape Can I just say this? Yeah. 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 So yeah. This is a little thing about David is... You occasionally get things slightly wrong. <laughs> it's called the, it's called the lunch pun. No, you say hashtag rape my pal. On all of them. Oh no, that, oh, right, oh shit, alright. That's <laughs> secondary because it's actually a lunch pun competition. Lunch pun? I, I don't think I've seen the lunch pun. Yeah. I, I've seen yeah. rate, hashtag rate my pun. So, <laughs> so what we're confusing is that that is why you're professionally yeah. a comedian and what you're saying is your brother is. I have a tuning fork inside me for what is and isn't funny, which I think is very accurate. Yeah. Either uh, is funny, but he doesn't have the tuning fork, I would say. Right. I think that's yeah. true. I come up with a lot of shit. Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. I was trying to be nice about it, but it's good that you're self aware. Your dad Colin was like, wasn't he just funny but didn't have the tuning fork? Well, he's, well well, <laughs> I don't think he was bothered with the tuning fork. Yeah, really, he was okay. just mainly yeah. He was funny and yeah. shouty and angry and yeah. But he's definitely funny. Right. And still is funny uh, in as a way. But he yeah. made the same jokes over and over for yeah. Well, he still does for sixty years. How do yeah. you cope with that? Because Frank does that with me. Yeah. Frank, well, it's it makes well, me very insane. It's interesting. Well, now it's very important to us because of course you might yeah. talk about this because there's a particular joke. So when we leave him. We've been to visit him. We're mm. saying, but Colin, we're off. In fact, you tweeted about this recently. Yes. I, I could, we were trying to get it on film. And his joke is, "You've been off for years." Right? That's his joke. He's, he has been saying that joke for all our lives, it seems. And and a marker of the, the tiny little bit of him still being in there is him saying yeah. that. And then he, he, he didn't he didn't say it for a long, long time. And we, I personally, and I think you're the same. We thought. This is it. The yeah. last vestige of him is going. But yeah. then he, he did. He has been saying it. No, he said it recently. You got it on film, and then there's a long bit of footage of you shack at the carrot. Did you fucking get it? Said, no, I no. But um, look, we did a documentary about about him. Well, about his disease. He has peach disease. Pig's disease. Pig's yeah, disease. which is a disease whereby the joke I did about it in my show, uh, my family on the sitcom, was that when the neurologist went through the symptoms that Pick's disease are supposed to have, which include irritability, a tendency to obscenity, apathy, disinhibition. I said, does he have a disease or have you just met him? Because he was always entirely <laughs> like that all yeah. the time. And so it was hard to tell, but then he just got more and more aggressive and whatever. But then gradually he's become more withdrawn and less like that. Mm. Uh, and actually in that documentary, there's a really genuinely moving moment, sort of similar to what I've just said at the end of it, where we're sitting in a pub and we are trying to make him say the jokes he always said. Aww. And then there's a bit right at the end where um, I say, uh, have you got a match? And he says, yes, your face and my ass." And we are so <laughs> That's overjoyed. That's quite funny, though. No, it's really funny, yeah. but also it's a very important thing about yeah. probably the way we were brought up, which yeah. is my dad showed affection through abuse, through comic right. abuse, through right. insult. It's a very thing a lot of men do. I mean, we still probably do it. There's a period where we would phone each other up and just basically call each other cunts. Really? And, yeah, and... Uh, See, Ivor doesn't look as happy with that. Well... Well, no, it's true. Yeah. So, okay. We did grow up in an atmosphere, I think, of uh, whereby that's the way that you showed 
love and affection is essentially yeah. making fun of someone else, normally in quite an obscene and uh, aggressive way. Yeah, there's also a bit in the documentary that, that's fantastic where we're sat there talking to our dad and, and then... So I can't remember exactly this. I know exactly. Okay, you know exactly. Exactly. It's the bit of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, there's a bit where um, the documentary guy... Uh, who's called Charlie? The director. Uh, the director, <laughs> yeah, the director. The director uh, says, uh, "Has your dad ever said he, I love you to either yeah. of you?" And we both go, "No, definitely not." Mm. And the director says to me, "Well, why not?" And I say, uh, "I think he probably didn't." Right? And that's a joke. Uh, and but it's a joke. But nonetheless, he turns the camera on Colin, who's there. Yeah. But obviously not entirely with it already. Yeah. He turns the camera on our dad and says, "Your son is saying that you never loved him." And he says, he says, that's complete bollocks. And that is the nearest we will ever get to him saying, I love you. You say that in the film, don't you? That's yeah, the nearest that's we'll the nearest we'll ever get. Because he'll never say, I love you. But it is so Colin Baddiel yeah. to say, I love you, by saying the idea that he hasn't said that is complete bollocks. Yeah. Did you feel loved or did you not well, feel loved? There's a, there's a question. What? There's kids. I think you feel slightly differently about this yeah, than I do. Yeah. Um, I, um, oh, no, I think he was affectionate. I think he was yeah, in yeah. a very, very restricted 1950s yeah. male, yeah. Welsh, hard bloke, because that's yeah, who our yeah, dad yeah. is, way. But I think he was genuinely was affectionate. Um, yeah, well, he never said, I love you. He would never do anything soft. Yeah. But he definitely liked in a small way being with us mm-hmm. uh, not, not all the time not in the way yeah. that we're parents or whatever yeah. but like I mean it's so sort of cliche but through football he used no, to no, no, play yeah. football yeah. and we used to like you know do these joshing jokes and fights and all that smashes. kind of stuff called smashes. Yeah, smashes. Like um, wrestling matches that was the only time we had physical affection with him was through these things called smashes when we would basically fight so but we were very little so what about your mum yeah was she affectionate well, I'll tell you my take on it. Yeah. So I think, for me, I think I, I experienced an awful lot of love. Whether it was real or not, I don't know, but that's the way I experienced it. Up until the age of about 11, mm. right? And then, as, as David, we both talked about for a long time, something happened, right? And they stopped parenting us. Now, and also, I think, I've mentioned this to David recently, that most people, a marker of this, I think, is most children go through calling their parents mummy and daddy mm. and then it becomes mum and dad they've never been mum and dad right so we we went from mummy and daddy to basically calling them their first names or the mother the father so sort of ironically yeah ironically well, they haven't said that oh, my, ironic. son, they my didn't son ask just you. calls me ironic no. David yeah, my son says <laughs> David ironically yeah, it has, yeah, it has, it has done since well. he was about 12 right yeah. Okay. but yeah we sort of didn't call yeah. them mum and dad ever. but I think so, I don't quite know why or what Jack has that with his parents. Yeah. It's always mm. been that because they said it's important that we are people, you know? We're not just mum and dad. No, but that's a, su- that, those are proper people. Those that's are people who like thought carefully about parenting. That's right. not our parents. Right. Like, absolutely. Parenting was not a in their vocabulary. Yeah. But did um, he suddenly back off? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I have a slightly different. Because I may or don't so, so, to come to mm. the sense of this podcast, right, I wish I was an only yeah. child. Yeah. Uh, I don't because I've often said this. I either unconditionally love. And that's because I think either parented me. Uh, I think they were... I don't remember when they were caring parents. That might be just a feat of memory. But I have no memory of them being 
like my dad was, as I said, a sort of basically quite absent, but when he was there, probably nice enough, but often very angry as well, so kind of frightened of him. Yeah. And as you, as I've said publicly before, yeah. the main thing about my mum, apart from being just generally a complete mentaler, <laughs> is that she was very obsessive, and then she had an affair with a golfing memorabilia salesman, yeah. who and then turned their lives over to golf, and then everything in our house was about golf, and to some extent about him. Yeah. And that was entirely where her uh, emotional energy was. A little bit to our younger brother, who I think is, is her favourite, but certainly not on being a parent. No. And the person so who filled that vacuum, the person who filled that vacuum was definitely Ivan. Right. I used to make him breakfast, get him up for school. Yeah. See, also the other side, of, the other aspect of that is we went to Northwest London Jewish Day School. Mm. So it's a local, very nice primary. I mean, there's all sorts of fucked up stuff with that because it was a religious school. We went to school with a couple and sits there, yeah. very religious. But our parents would often give us bacon, bacon for breakfast, which is quite screwed up. But that, that aside, that was all very nice and warm and closed. Yeah. And then suddenly, for me, and I did, yeah, similar for David, but going from that really warm and closed and safe environment, in the space of one summer, six weeks, I, I then went to City of London School, thrown into the, the London underground, like this fucking rush hour chaos. Mm. And I think, you know, but with no help from them, I don't remember them... Yeah, with our kids, I think the first day of secondary school or whatever is quite a big deal and we yeah, need to help yeah. it. But I think it was just like, right, off you go. And like, fucking hell, I'm suddenly thrown into this bad, crazy world. <laughs> David is much more confident <laughs> much about, than I am. Much more confident about things, about, you know, about his work, about his, a lot of things. About everything. Like, everything. He's much more confident than I And I sort of slightly envy that certainty that he has because yeah. I'm much more neurotic and about things so I, you know which has now found its way into your health thing hasn't it oh so, let's not go into that but no, let's uh, please, later, I I also, later we do no, need to go that's for later surely we've got another four hours of this but, yeah, but, <laughs> shit but we? we have don't we have. say that <laughs> what? so why are you more neurotic is it is it because you were carrying everything I think that might be why yeah. I think so I, I, I think eldest child there was an eldest child thing as well yeah, I'm the most neurotic well yeah she can't I'm relate to that because I am neurotic. the oldest in, mentally I'm older but I'm is she the parent yes I think psychologically the eldest child is the only one when there are other kids who has parents for a short while all to themselves yes. feels yeah. all the love in a not in a non too not too damaged for like you know parental setup yeah and then it's kind of that's completely blown by hang on I've got to share it with one other kid now another kid yeah so I'm the only one who had a year and a half, 16 months, yeah. um, on my own. Yeah, but surely you wanted that to be shared. Because yes. that's our parents. But that's what so I mean, that's what's interesting, because they didn't seem to really parent you. So when you're one and a half, you don't know. There's loads of pictures. In fact, Dan sent over loads. I look like a really happy little baby. You look like Oliver Hardy. You look like <laughs> really <laughs> chubby. Really, yeah. I mean... I mean, this is, this like, is the point. This is why I... I'm not aware. I spent years in therapy, trying to, try, literally trying to uncover something from my early, early life that would explain everything. Yeah. Oh, that's it. They did this. They did that. There's nothing. I, all I can pin my, my terrible neuroses and everything on is something that that loss of love or perceived yeah. loss of yeah. love. Anyway, right. yeah, it may not have actually been there. I might have just. I don't know. But I do. I do remember those early years at, at, at Northwest, that like Jewish school, being pretty idyllic. I, I don't wasn't really idyllic. 
Why do you not remember it being a Just because it was like Cricklewood in 1974 and it was just grim and mundane and I quite often was frightened of being beaten up on the street because yeah. there was a lot of sort of... Just... Was it seven or eight? Yeah, it was. I was. I remember being always frightened uh, of sort of the possibility of like hard blokes. I mean, maybe not at seven or eight. But I, mean. I was also frightened because about three times I came out of Northwestern, the mother just wasn't there. And I'd just wander off and get lost. She just and wouldn't turn up. No, well, she did, but she just wouldn't turn up at the wrong time or whatever. Right. And then would really shout at me for getting lost when it wasn't my fault. <laughs> and uh, where was Ivor then? Because you were. Well, actually, he probably wasn't looking after me in that sense. No, there must school. have been a time because I was yeah. off at secondary school. So it was a year or so when. I was parenting of me, which I possibly talk up, but anyway. Mm. I was parenting of me probably was more about when we were in secondary school because we both went right. to secondary school a yeah, long way away right. from where we were living. And so. You know, I had to get up at like six thirty to get yep. to Elstree yep. from Dollis Hill, which is I mean, these are all London places. So if anyone's listening, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not in London, but it was quite it was like an hour, hour twenty minutes to get to school. Mm. So they didn't get up because it was, I had to get up at six thirty. So they didn't get up. They wanted well, to have sex. It's possible yeah. they got up. To you heard them having sex. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I've talked about this a lot. This is so. So well, another, I've heard about you. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad, particularly, yeah. They used to have a lot of sex, and I had the bedroom next to them. I mean, you know this story, but I'll tell yeah, it. I do, yeah. But yeah. I'll tell it anyway, because uh, it might help to understand what life was like in the house. Uh, so they, they used to have sex every night, as far as I could make out. It was sort of extraordinary, because they had quite a bad relationship, but yet they were having sex a lot, or in my mind they were anyway. And he used to make the most... I've never heard anyone make sex noises like that. I mean, literally, Absolutely. for years, I thought there was a wounded walrus in my parents' bedroom. It was just, like, unbelievable noises. And this is a true story. Yeah, true so story. Was so just let me tell the truth. No, I will, I'm not going to stop telling the story. But, but that's... What he says is true. I didn't know what that noise was for a long time. Yeah. I don't think... Really? I'm going to do a quick impression of it now. Yeah. Okay? Quick yeah. impression, I can't right? Look at you, yeah, well, but it's not really a, exactly a sexual <laughs> noise. It's more like an animal in terrible pain. I might have some sort sort of like that. It's triggered me. It's triggered me. Oh, yeah, there's a dog in here. The dog is quite interested in me now, I have to say. It's actually oh thought it was a mating God. call. How long did it go? I didn't know what it was. And, and did you not discuss time. it? Well, did I mean, you'd hear it sporadically. Like, oh. oh okay. But did they not, I'm saying, did they Okay, so let me tell you a story about how, which might explain this is a great story. what it sounds like. So this has only happened when, when, this is when I was like, 15 or 16 so a very close friend of both of ours called Dave also called Dave probably our, our oldest friend mm-hmm. uh, used, we used to stay at people's houses and they used to stay at ours just mates of ours and he came and stayed at our house uh, once and for reasons I can't remember I think it might be because I was sleeping with Janine already um, uh, and Dan had a bigger bed but Dan wasn't there anyway this is all slightly niche uh, <laughs> I basically didn't sleep in my room which was next to my parents' bedroom. I think I went off to sleep in a bigger bed, yeah. uh, my younger brother's bed, because I was already sleeping with my girlfriend at that point. And I said to Dave, you sleep in my room. My parents might have sex at night. They do quite a lot, and they make really weird noises. Don't be worried about that. And he got a little bit like, I'm 15, 16, whatever. I know what sex sounds like. Yeah, I, was no, like no. I was like, I'm not sure. He's like, no, I'll be all right. I said, okay, fine. He goes to sleep. Then... Four o'clock in the morning, I'm in that, this other room, yeah. a little bit further away from my parents' room. There's a knock on the door. He comes in. He's white as a fucking sheet. <laughs> and literally, he says, Dave, I think your mum's died. <laughs> he's, and he's really serious. Right? And I say, what? And he says, honestly, I think your mum's died. Oh and I said, why do you think that? And he said, because your dad is making noises like I've only ever heard. I heard noises like that at my un- at my aunt's funeral. My uncle <laughs> was making noises like that by the grave at my aunt's funeral. 
And I just went there having text. He went, no, 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 no. No, this is a completely different sort of noise. So literally, I get up. I put my fucking boxer shorts on. We go into my own home child's bedroom, where I've been for years, yeah. with Dave. And we're standing there. And I wait, and then I hear... I say they're having sex, and I just go back to bed. Oh <laughs> I love that God. story. Yeah. That's, That's all completely true. One of the greatest moments of probably both our lives is discovering uh, our father's hardcore porn collection. Right. I discovered it at about the age of 11. Greatest. Right? Well, <laughs> I think it's been deeply damaging for both of us. Well, but yeah. but the, time the time was certainly time was fantastic. He had a drawer next to his bed. Yeah, and we're talking about sort of hardcore Danish, Swedish oh, yeah. sort of pornography, not the sort of stuff yeah. you'd just be able to get in a Colour news climax. agent. Yeah. Yeah. So he'd had some, there was effort gone into getting oh, yeah. it. I think you, couldn't get, you couldn't get erections and things like that. This was proper sex. <laughs> right. They, right. You could only get Playboy and shit like that. Yeah, it's fun. You'd have spunk in it and things oh, like that. Yeah. He had about five or six magazines in his bedside drawer and we disco- I discovered it. When we were very young, I mean, I remember... Discovered it to, you discovered no, 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 it first. No, this is the point of the story. But I was so, about eight or nine, I think. Hang on, hang on. But this is the point of the story. So whenever I discovered it, yeah, it was a fantastic moment. And, but for years, so that I was so scared, right, of, of my dad in particular, finding out that I found out about these magazines. So if I took one, let's be honest, to do what you do with that sort of yeah. thing, I would, you know, I'd see if it was like the fourth one down in the pile with a little bit, you know, turned over of the page or whatever, and I would go and do what I wanted to do. And put it back in exactly the same position so there was you know, no way that, as far as I was concerned, that he'd know that I'd got it because I was so embarrassed at the thought of it. I thought, well, this is naughty. I've gone into his private drawer. Anyway, age of about 15, come home from school one day. I'm sure you remember this. Yeah, no, I know yeah, what you're saying. I thought no one was in. So I thought, hello, I'll go and get one of the magazines out. So I tiptoed into the bedroom, my parents' bedroom, and I can picture it quite clearly. I went over, his drawer was the other side, so I went over... Thankfully, I hadn't started doing anything. I was just sitting there, sort of flicking through a magazine. He walks in. Right? <laughs> to get one? Well, I don't know why. He must have heard me come in. And I was like, oh, fuck it, hello, what? Right? And anyway, then we realised that we'd both known about this stack of magazines for fucking years. Except he didn't give a shit. He just took the magazine and said, oh, yeah, I'll just take one and leave it under my bed. So, well, oh, well at one time, I forgot. It was kind of weird to forget this, but I did definitely forget uh, or it might have been that I just couldn't get it back. Maybe, I can't remember. I'd, I'd gone for a wank in the bathroom, right? Um, and uh, basically, we used to have a, do you remember, a kind of flowery laundry basket, a sort of round yeah, flowery laundry, laundry basket. And I, I, that. I didn't wank into it, no. Uh, no, but I did have the magazine, and I think I either forgot or couldn't get it back into the bedroom. Well, you had it under your bed. No, it was under the laundry basket. I remember I left it under the laundry basket and then I remember being in the in my bedroom and hearing Colin go, what the fuck? What is this? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. But That's brilliant. Knew, would, he, would he care? That you no, I don't think he really cared. No, but this is what I, I think. Really I don't really care about that. No, but that's that's see, my mother also had pornography, by the yeah. way. She had like Playgirl and stuff like that. I mean, it was so 70s the amount yeah. of sort of sex and porn. Because one that's... thing you need to know as well is that the thing I mean, you, you, you haven't seen it in fact because you missed the first half of my family on the sitcom, didn't you? I did, yeah. yeah. So you missed, you missed all because you got the time wrong because uh, so you missed all the really complicated details that are in that I show about David White, the golfing yes. memorabilia yes. salesman. I know about David but that also involved this sort of highly sexualized atmosphere in our house like my mum would tell us mm. which would tell everyone but she'd tell us 
very detailed stuff about you know the affair with David because she thought it was glamorous. She was very excited about it. Dan said that she would actually come out on the landing when he was at home in stockings and suspenders oh and sort of say to Dan, do you think I look okay? He's yeah. coming round. That's terrible. Can I just say, I the reason I found out, I'd worked out that the pornography, that my dad might, might have pornography, was that in my mother's bedside drawer, our mother's bedside drawer, like she used to keep the card game, ironically, Happy Families. <laughs> right, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. It's very old Happy Families. Even then, it must yeah. be from the 50s. Yeah. So occasionally, we'd play Happy Families. Not that I remember sitting around playing it, but we must have done. And we'd go in, and she'd say, go and get the cards. Right, and eventually, I was quite young, and eventually, I thought, oh, what else is in there? Oh, no, it's, it's just the Polaroids. Oh, no, don't oh, mention them. no. <laughs> For fuck's sake, no, I've never seen them. Okay. The, 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 yeah. You've seen them. I've seen them. Hang on a minute. But, but in, in the drawer, when I was very young, I just took them and didn't think. And then I thought, what else is in it? And I thought, oh, Playgirl. And this is how David said, there was two or three Playgirls and whatever. And eventually, it probably took me longer than you, but I thought, hang on a minute. If my mum's got Playgirl... Oh, you found the Playgirl first? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't. I'm sure I knew about the... <clears throat> oh, no, well, I found the Playgirl and, and, and made that connection. If mum, my mum's got oh, that... You went, oh, right, you went via the naked men <laughs> to the <laughs> sponge. Well, I went by a happy family. <laughs> 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 Rather than the naked men. I'm going to have to explain the Polaroids. Yes, oh, very well. Really? Yes, they won't mention them. Why? It doesn't matter. I've mentioned everything on my family, not the sitcom. I'm worse gonna, worse from this. See, so you uh, are embarrassed. Like, those are the yeah, questions. Yeah, so that's the thing. I, I have no embarrassment or shame about it. You do. Yeah, I have yeah. no shame. I don't, because I was the parent. Same as us. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm I have right. no shame the at all. The cat has no filter. Uh, and particularly, as far as I'm saying, it's all material anyway. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a complicated thing. There might be a and splinter, might be, yeah, a splinter of ice in my heart about that. Yeah. Uh, but, the Polaroids. But yeah, the Polaroids were in a little blue book of, pho of photographs of actual, you know, proper photographs, not like we have now, just on a computer. Proper photographs uh, were sort of readers' wise pictures of my mother, taken, I think, by my dad. Uh, and well, we yeah. don't know. Yeah. Well, that's well. That's a thing because this is bleak now. Sorry, but after she pictures? died, well, after she died, no, after she died, uh, I was looking through her stuff. Yeah, that's, where I, that's, <laughs> that's where I found. That's where I found. Uh, which you did see the um, erotic poetry that my yeah. mother wrote. Yeah. Uh, my mother wrote a lot of erotic poetry about her and David White, but I didn't include in that show. Uh, although I was thinking about it, but then it would involve actually showing a sexy picture of my mum, which I didn't want to do. Uh, a picture of her in socks and suspenders holding a golf cart. Oh, <laughs> no. No, that's later. That's after she oh, died. Oh, that's the worst. After thing. she died. I mean, a golf club is quite a phallic thing. Yeah. It's interesting, the release of dementia and, or indeed death, because it does allow you to talk about them in ways, or certainly if you're like me, I wouldn't have done that show when my mum was still alive, even though I deeply, deeply believe that her heart, she would have loved that show. Why well, did her. you not then? Because she would have loved that. Well, because to some extent, the show's whole force is mm. to do with her being dead. Mm. Because the show was about, it was inspired by being at her funeral, yeah. and all these people coming up and saying, oh, your mother was a wonderful, wonderful yeah. woman. She was such a wonderful woman. And thinking, you didn't know her, did you, at all? Yeah. Because she kind of was, but not in the way you yeah. mean. Right? She was like really mad and mental and did these really strange and flawed things. And there is a wonder to that, yeah. but it's kind of a comic wonder, yeah. and that's what yeah. gave yeah. that show its yeah. force. But one thing I was going to mention is... Sorry, can we just bring it back to... Yeah. So Paul? The, 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 the Polaroids. <laughs> oh, the right? Polaroids. Yeah. Can I just ask either of you, if you found those sort of Polaroids of your mother, right? Oh, that's the worst thing. I've, I can't even think of Okay, them. sorry. I have to say I know their mother, so yeah. I'm, I'm struggling She's with that. She's never had sex. Fine. <laughs> okay. Well, I'd argue she has. 
Oh my god, I'd have to be outside, outside of just the family. section, and that be it. We were very young. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, but that's di- yeah, but you're so different. No, but I, really to be honest, with you, I can't bring myself. I don't want to yeah. see them. The yeah. Yeah. Makes me As sick. I say, when I was putting the show together. Uh, I did have pictures of my mum yeah. and I think they were funny because she's holding a golf club but I did think no, but, I'm not, you, I'm not actually going to show pictures of her half naked you either still have not seen those parents no I don't know what, you haven't got them have you <laughs> no, I don't know where they are, they are. Right. although I know where the pictures I think I may have the ones with the golf club because you can keep them probably, I, I don't want to say yeah. Yeah. it is hilarious that she's holding a golf club yeah and actually the show about my mum still occasionally reverberates like the Times did the thing about it the other day where I, I talked about how you weren't sure about it, me putting it on, and my other brother wasn't, but they were convinced when they saw it. Yeah. And that was just in the time, because people are still totally fascinated by the idea yeah. that I did a West End show about my mum's sex life. Ooh, yes, yeah. It's- I, I think that um, when they are dead or not able to communicate anymore, people will stay, still say to you, oh, you know, this is unfair on your parents, you're talking about you making this story. and But at the end of the day, it makes no difference yeah. to them. Mm. It's no difference to a dead person. I, really I totally agree. And, I and, totally agree. And, and I'm very, very interested in the truth, and I'm deeply yeah, totally deep invested in the idea that you should always tell the truth and not idealise things. Yeah. And family history is always broken and messy. Whatever. The thing about that show is that it's unbelievably specific, right? No one else has had a mum who had an affair with God, a memorable assailant, and blah, blah, blah. People came up to me all the time and said, this really reminds me of my family. Because everyone's family is full of breakages and damage yeah, and stuff they don't generally it. reveal. Yeah. But then when it is revealed, it chimes with people. Yeah. Um, you know, so. Dan, why was Dan the mother's favourite? I think she was the, he's the youngest. He's probably the least threatening at some level. He, he's also the least like Colin. Me and Ivor are a bit like Colin. We look like you Colin. We have no temper. No, we don't have any temper at all. We have no anger yeah. and no rage, and that is to do with being frightened of Colin. Right. That is because right. we were both frightened. We were grew up frightened of Colin, and our reaction to that was the opposite of perpetuating the cycle of yeah. whatever. So neither like, of you are shouty. I am incredibly unshouty. I can be at times. Okay. I think I've really, really struggled with anger over the years. I mean, it is there, but yeah. he, he just, you know. Colin could just get angry like that. I did, I find it very hard to connect with my anger, but I did. Uh, I think <laughs> Colin's anger is funny. At the time, yeah, I was terrified. Uh, yeah, but at the time, because when we say he was angry, what we mean is the phone would ring when we were at dinner. And you go, oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> but right? it's like, oh, it's absolutely yeah. horrible, but it makes me laugh now because I think there's something very 70s about it. <laughs> like, my dad was always like, everything's aggravation like every anything that impinged on his consciousness uh, apart from like what he wanted which was he's a very clever man my dad yeah, you know yeah, um, yeah. scientist and blah 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 so he couldn't like, be bothered with all the stuff that was like yeah on. anything that got in the way of whatever he wanted to do which was normally just eat mm. sleep have sex mm. watch telly blah 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 complain about work he was angry about it. it was so did you feel like you felt like an irritation to him? Yeah, a lot of the time. A <laughs> yeah, lot, totally so a lot of the time. Absolutely. An irritation is probably correct. I mean, apart from that, maybe Aggra- after, aggravation was his word. Yeah, after Sunday lunch, he used to say the thing, Ivor will uh, know what I'm saying, where, where he would suddenly like, he'd be replete and eaten, blah, 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 probably had sex in the morning, and he would say, Right, I'm feeling almost human now. Right. Oh. Right. And then he would say, another thing my dad always said, he would say, I don't feel completely human. Why don't I feel completely human? Because you buggers will be asking us for money. Right? Oh. That's what he would say. Yeah. 
Yeah, but also actually Sundays is an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, that's is that true. sometimes when we go and play football? Because also yeah. Sunday we'd watch the big match, which yeah. was the ITV equivalent match of the day, and then we'd go into the park, and that, that's some of my fondest memories. Because <laughs> I'm going to bring this up. Oh, no. We got beaten up the first time. Entirely my fault. I hold my hands. I apologise. First time we moved there, I was about seven or eight. We, me and David, in the park. I on think we're a bit older than that one. Maybe a little bit older. Mm. Not much. It's quite a rough park. I mean, we lived yeah. in quite a rough part yeah. of London. Yeah, got yeah. shot as well. Yeah. You got shot? With an air rifle, yeah. So, yeah. Go on, what happened to... Oh, well, so we were in the park on our own, quite young. I can picture it, there's a sort of other bridge. We went over the other side of the park. We're sort of at the top of a little bank, and these two other boys come up to us. Not much older, but a little bit older than us. Harder than us. Harder, yeah, definitely harder, which wasn't difficult. Um, and I don't know, we started talking to them, and then the older of the two boys said to me, can I throw him into this holly bush? And there was a holly bush there. And I promise you, I didn't think he was going to do it. Right. So I just said, yeah, of course, he's only my brother. And then he picks David and throws him into this holly bush. Yeah. Which is obviously not very nice. So so this idea that I've parented me, it had his gaps. (laughs) (laughs) We were younger then. Maybe I I was trying to make up for it the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Well, what this reminds me of? No, no, it's a good thing. It's right off, you know, uh, so in Jews Don't Count, this book I've Mm -hmm. written about, uh, specifically about the way anti-Semitism is kind of forgotten racism by woke people. Um, I use one, I use a number of examples, mm. and the, uh, what I s- that sort of seems to resonate mo- with most people, me and I did a campaign uh, called the Y Word, which is to try and get people to stop chanting the word yid and yido know, at football, mm. and that came from, well, came from years and years and years yeah. of going to Chelsea, who we support, and hearing that yeah, word being chanted at Spurs fans and anything to do with Spurs or whatever. But there was one specific moment where we were at a game and Spurs weren't even playing. Sorry, if you don't know, Spurs are called the Yids. They call themselves the Yids. It's right. a very complicated thing that perhaps we shouldn't get into now. Mm-hmm. But in terms of my relationship with Ivor, uh, the word was being chanted, you know, you know. It's really horrible if you're mm-hmm. Jewish to hear it over and over again, being chanted with menaces by uh, people with associated anti-Semitic abuse or whatever. Anyway, a bloke behind us about... 10 seats behind us and we go there all you know every yeah. Saturday or Sunday so we didn't know who this bloke was but anyway he started just going fuck the years fuck the years fuck the fucking years and then fuck the Jews fuck the Jews over and over again my point in Jews don't count is that no stewards already it's only 2008 yeah, yeah. already charged yeah. with like stamping out racing football ground does nothing does mm-hmm. nothing no steward does nothing in fact no one does anything apart from either who stood up and told the bloke he said, I remember him saying just fucking shut up Right, and the bloke went, you shut up. He went, no, you shut up, mate. And, and it was sort of really like being back in Gladstone Park. Yeah. And then I was sat down and said, I think I'm going to cry. And it was so incredibly moving. I still find it incredibly moving. It's quite moving, yeah. And that is either a sort of parent to me, because I didn't do that. I was yeah. just really upset and kind of frightened. Yeah. But I, I don't crack very often, but I did crack when this bloke was shouting it. I just thought... I cracked yeah. and you know I'm going to talk myself up a little bit I had no idea if he was big no no it was really I, it was brave of you got, and I just confronted him and, but I hate, and he did shut up I think he was pissed or whatever yeah, yeah, he did so sit what? down and shut up and I just sat and down no and no one did anything that's no one did a thing yeah. and that's when I said I said to Dave look this is ridiculous football's come a long way you know mm. tried to you know, fight uh, racing against black players but this has been going on for years let's try and do something about it and that's yeah. kind of what it, you know, how we started but so, what happened when he was in the holly bush? Did then oh no, well, the no, no, I want to finish that story. What did happen? I can't remember. I yeah. blanked. Do you remember going in the holly bush? Oh no, I remember definitely. No, what happened? Picked up 
buy these and I seem to remember I only had like shorts on and possibly even no top in my mind although that might just be I might just be making it more nightmarish mm. but I definitely remember I remember Gladstone Park the exact bit and these blokes it. these well these blokes these are slightly older boys saying can we throw your brother into the holly bushes oh. and, he, and I was saying yes and yeah, as I say no, the big redemptive art leads to Stamford Bridge and well, that we've closed it. Yeah. Well, what happened was he did get chucked in the olive bush, and then me and the bloke had a fight. Okay, did I, you? Yeah, we had a fight, and we were on top of it, but we rolled. Oh, you rolled down. Rolled yeah. down this bank, um, and at the bottom of the bank, he was on top of me, sort of pummeling me. Oh, and I kind of just remember looking, sort of, ah, looking out and just seeing him running away. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Completely fair enough. The yeah. <laughs> but then the weird thing was, that the, I was covered in scratches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it was fine to run away, not not help me. But um, <laughs> I just, and then the bloke, the kid's mum, came along and just said, oh, "Stop messing about, come on," and he went. Because you know, and that was it. And I'm left sort of lying there, thinking, "Fuck, what happened there?" Um, why? Why is this podcast called "I Wish I Was an Only Child"? Because, because actually, I've I've spent quite a lot of time saying um, lots of shit. But one thing, one of, one of my little bugbears is siblings as a thing. There's not enough of that in our culture, like in terms, particularly in terms of the making of the self, right? Mm, yeah. Because we still operate under a kind of post-Freudian idea yeah. that the self is totally created by the parents in relation mm. with your mother and blah, blah, blah. And I always think, you know what, I think I'm, I'm more created by either exactly than I am by my parents. That's why we're doing but I think it's just a particular thing. Of, uh, no, I tell you, I've, I think I see it elsewhere. So like, I've worked with Aaron Baron Cohen, mm. right? and, and I, I, I knew Sasha before I knew Aaron, but Aaron is the older one. Yeah. And as soon as I met Aaron, I thought, oh, he's like either to Sasha is like because he's a sort of version he's a sort of he's a sort of early draft of Sasha and I feel Ivor is a sort of early draft of me that's do you though yeah I mean when I see myself on telly I sometimes think oh god my manner is much more like Ivor's than I realise because I don't know I've maybe only met you once before I know David but we have I actually met me over Zoom, or have we met? No, apart from that, but an actual oh. meeting. But you, I expected you to be very similar, and I don't think you are. No, we're not that similar emotionally. But I really think I—I I mean, we look alike, mm-hmm. like we sound alike, and yeah. and I do Ish. have a lot of mannerisms. That, where else could they come from? And what no, you're no, saying no, absolutely. Is, I are, totally awesome. agree. I mean, we're unusual because you are not like the normal older sibling. But yeah, it's not. Nobody talks about the sibling relationship in that way. And we've spoken to so many different mm. setups mm. and how it works. But it's it's instru- it's key, isn't it? It's very and key when your parents are like yes. our parents, yes. totally. sort of absent in one and way or another. Yeah, no, I, I presume that the title of this was because of Peter Cook's. I wish I was an only twin. No, we, it's because that. we fought and we still fight hugely. And I think we always wanted to not have a sibling. I think we're no. fine now. We disagree. No, no, no. no. no I, I, feel really, I, I feel very sorry for. I, this is an offensive thing, really. Mm-hmm. It's for people who only children. Both, both our children. And, and our parents were only children. And our parents were only children. Both our parents were only children. Yeah. I think. But I, mean, I, I know you've got the same experience. But it feels to me like. Well, with them, they're very particular things to do with their their upbringings, but their madnesses seem partly to do with their only children or something. My mum was also a Holocaust survivor. Yeah. My dad came from a very poor background, and he's, he had a brother who died, actually, when he was very young. Two, oh, really? Two, yeah. Two, really? Yeah. yeah, just because okay. of poverty, just because yeah. of like, wow. yeah. living in in the 30s in Swansea you know? yeah. mm-hmm. um, but you know I do think that, that their sort of solipsism they're sort of like the way that they looked at the world totally through their own lenses yeah. and didn't really have that much empathy with anyone else mm-hmm. but so so 
the three of you, so you needed each other. Yeah. And Dan, and did you, is that how you, did you talk about everything a lot or not? Because as kids. As kids, no. Te- no, no not but as, as teenagers or. Isn't that a boys thing? What? Isn't that a boys thing? I don't know, we just didn't. I mean, you just oh. get on with it. You just, but the man. Yeah, I mean, just... I mean, when I talk about him parenting me, uh, I, I do think I'm, I, I mean, I definitely looked up to him, and I definitely, I took, and also other things as well. I've introduced me to, he's mentioned already, Peter Cook, but he introduced me to Derek and Clive, this mm, uh, yeah. bootleg that um, yeah. Peter Cook and Dudley Moore did, which was unbelievably formative for me yeah. in terms of comedy. Yeah. Um, and generally, I, the way that Ivor was fun. Really. And Chelsea, yeah. I only support Chelsea because I remember Ivor getting excited about Chelsea winning the 1970 FA Cup final. So I took huge leads from Ivor, but this is football and comedy and, you know, mannerisms and whatever. I can't remember ever sitting down having an emotional conversation. No. No, not when we were young. Not when we were young. young. No, no. blokes don't do that. No, no. 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 but also, not only do blokes not do it, not only do blokes not do it, I just don't think we had the awareness of all the language then to talk about, like, oh, well, no. you know, we have this very weird but relationship we with our, our parents. Show, our social life was very enmeshed together. We had, well, I was going to ask we went, that. Yeah. yeah, we had the same, pretty much the same friends. Well, through this Jewish youth group, Jewish youth group, we'll hum on in. So, you know, um, so we talk a lot about all oh, so and so's got off with so and so and so and so all our fancy so that that type of thing. Yeah, there was yeah. a bit of uh, rivalry there, there, I think, because either basically I mu- muscled in on Ivor's friends. Um, mm. Ivor had a bit of a social life as because of this Hubbardian uh, thing, yeah. and I didn't really. I had some friends at school, but I didn't sort of have a sort of like panoply of friends or whatever. And then I ended up just basically. Well, it did eventually annoy him. No, you were pissed right. off about that. Well, yeah, in fact, I, I wore your bomber jacket once. Do you remember that terrible bomber jacket? Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, yeah this incredibly fleecy bomber it. jacket. I wish I could have it, yeah. And I, I remember turning up at Dave's house, because Dave, this bloke, was yes. Ivor's friends first. <laughs> oh, and I remember really? turning up at Dave's house in the bomber jacket, and he basically said, first Ivor's friends and now his jacket. And that's so funny. <laughs> but also, actually, this is also indicative of, of our father. So that Dave, there was another friend called Richard, so I, we were both in hub, this Hubbardham organisation from the age of about eight or nine, but these two guys, Dave and Richard, joined a bit later, about 13 or whatever, and immediately we became friends. And the very first time they came round to our house, so we'd never met our father before, you know, he opened the door and went, who are these two fucking wankers? Yeah. Right? Which, and, and, you know, friends of ours were just blown away by what your father swears in front of, you know. But on the other thing, the other story that perhaps helps you understand the mother side of the thing, which is a story that Ivor told me, uh, much later on, uh, when Ivor had a girlfriend, Tracy Blessard, I believe. um, uh, You tell this in the show. I do tell this in the show. Tracy Blessard, who was Ivor's girlfriend for not very long or whatever, uh, but the first time she ever met my mother, which I think was at the Grey's Antique Market, at her Golfiana Mm -hmm. store. Golfiana, by the way, the same name as the business that David White had. She just nicked the name of it. Um, Basically, she, she was talking about uh, you know what she does and blah 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 and then David White's name came up right and she turns to Tracy and says I've been his mistress for 20 years and then just carries on talking no. which by the way isn't really true I mean she did have a long term affair with him but mistress is really glamorising <laughs> no, 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 it no, no, no. Yeah. and she wasn't his mistress no she said it no she didn't say mistress she said, you told me he said mistress no, I don't think so it was basically could I just, could I just yeah, say please you, yeah. you, yeah. No, you definitely it. said when you told me this. my mother was talking to me yeah well, I remember differently it's very simple my mother was talking to me well, like, ten to the dozen she used yeah. to talk 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 Tracy's sitting there what the fuck is this 
David White, my lover of 50, 15 years. Blah, 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 blah. Literally it. Yeah. That's, just, that's, that's the only right. thing she said. Okay. So Mistress Lover is still talking yeah. it up. That's the only thing she said. It's a kind of French, you know, glamour. And it just went over you. Every Sunday I go, I go to his apartment in the 7th arrondissement. <laughs> it's not, it's really not that. It's like possibly one fuck in five years and then he turns up again at some golfing club in Kenilworth. <laughs> you know, that's what it's actually like. Um, Were there even some doubt as to whether they had a proper relationship? No, they did that. They definitely fucked. I, I do not think. I know I've seen the letters. Because I've been through all the well, material. Yeah, the letters could. No, no, the letters. No, 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 definitely. I did. I did also. Uh, no, no, definitely, definitely, definitely. So in the late seventies, it was a proper thing. Plus, you won't remember, but the erotic poetry is very specific. Yeah. It's yeah. very yeah, specific. Okay. About remember what's when going you on. found a letter from Mum and you, she found it? She went, "Oh my God!" And you know, Mum, Sandy. Yeah. She, she's been having. I don't. She's single. She's single, but she's married. Seeing someone I don't understand. Well, no, recently. Mm, yeah. Very recently. And Kat's telling me that I'm like, oh, oh, and she's like, "Do I confront her? What do what? we do?" Okay. Hang on, why are we reading a letter? I found a letter just in a pile. We were clearing the house. She's a hoarder. We were trying to clear the house, and there was this letter from a married man saying, you know, I'm desperately in love with you. And, wow. and I was just, I went, I phoned Frank. I was in a, I was like, oh my me, God. Because mum is not, she's, you know mum is not a woman who's going to have an affair. Hang on, when was it. this? This was about two years ago. About two years ago. And wow. I was really upset. Are you allowed to say this? Yeah, uh, well, of course, because right. I eventually confronted her and she photographed she'd written an it herself. installation. Oh, right. <laughs> she photographed an art installation that she right. thought so, was fascinating. So it wasn't a letter? No, it, it, was, was, a, it was a piece of art. It was a piece oh, of art. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. What, yeah. Yeah, okay. So oh. an artist had written so this letter. I don't even know what this was. The artist was. created a scenario. Yes. That she and then was... Rachel, had, mum was so blown away by so this. Sorry. You reacted quite sharply in that case because did the letter say dear sandy it i'm in love with you i'm a married I think man it had a blank because that would be a strange coincidence <laughs> yeah. i think it was yes <laughs> <laughs> I, I am malcolm <laughs> malcolm uh, but there was a blank at the top and i thought she might right. have tip extra tail uh, but honestly up i weeks, feel that was your fear overcoming was, the evidence a bit there <laughs> how hilarious oh it was awful, sandy awful. think it was funny that you thought she, she was thought it was funny <laughs> Were you embarrassed by David then? Were you when? just, well, you know, as you're growing up younger, you know? No, 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 not at all embarrassed, but just in that older brother way. So eventually, get out my way. Yeah, just look, yeah. stop following me around all mm. the time, type of thing. I think that I think it was a very uh, sort of insightful thing that Ivor did, or at least insightful about our relationship. Is okay. before I did um, my family not the sitcom, hmm. uh, which was very revelatory about both of them. It was about my dad's dementia and my mum's sex life. Um, and it was quite soon after my mum had died. Ivor came around to see me. And basically, we were going to talk about it. We were going to talk about the show. I hadn't written it then, but I had said, I'm going to do a show about the, the golf and everything, right? And he was like, oh, God, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we should talk about it. And then when he came around, I remember very clearly, he sat down, this is not very long ago, uh, and said, look, we could talk about this for ages, but basically, you're going to do this, aren't you? Right? And I just said, yes. Uh, I said, like, it's sort of in me and I need to do it and whatever. And I just sort of said, you'll have to trust me that it mm. comes from a place of love. Um, and he did accept that, really. But I also thought that just saying that was a good thing to do because yeah. it, sh it showed a knowledge of me yeah. that we could have spent two hours sort of talking about, like, oh, is this the right thing to talk about or not? But I was always going to do it. Right, you know? right. Um, yeah. And you knew that. Yeah, but also a very sweet, sweet moment. I, so I think it was press night for the first... Yeah, first press night, first ever performance of it, I think. Yeah, um, yeah first proper. Yeah. First proper one. And I'd come along. And I could tell that he was really nervous. 
I just sort of thought, well, it's press night. Of course, he's going to be nervous. But after the show, this is making me a bit emotional. Mm. He said, um, no, the, the reason I was so nervous. Well, no, no, this is why. Sorry, I'm going to. Can I tell my <laughs> no, version of it? You can tell your version, which might be different. Which, uh, but but let me tell. Let me tell how I saw it from the stage because there's something you missed out, which is that I used to do a Q and A at the end of that show, oh, yeah. um, and. But that press night, which was at the Chocolate Factory, uh, there were loads and loads of quite very important critics in the audience. And I could see them with their hands up. Like, oh, there's Michael Billington from The Guardian or whatever. And I remember saying, actually, sorry, I, I have to... I know you've all got questions, but first of all, I need to find out what my brother thought. Because I knew that I was in the audience. Uh, and I said, what did you think? And Ivor said, I loved it. And then he said, I loved it because it felt like she was in the room. Aww. And I thought, that's brilliant, because that is yeah. entirely what this show is about. Yeah. It's about recreating someone who's gone in all their flaws and craziness well, and whatever. You, I'm sure you also said the reason you were maybe particularly nervous was because I was there. Don't remember that. <laughs> How <laughs> do you think you of it. Were you shitting yourself? No, no, I wasn't you shitting just myself. Him. What I remember, we did actually, even though, I, yeah, because I'd said, I don't actually remember that. I remember David <laughs> taking me and Dan out for a mm. coffee. Do you remember coming around? Well, vaguely, yes. No, I don't remember. We the, definitely went for coffee. Really? Yeah, yeah, we went for a coffee, I think in Belsize Park. Oh, I don't remember Yeah, that, that is where you place in Belsize Park. And you told us about the show. And that was fun. We both gave it our blessing. But then I, I remember reading... That's not email. how I remember it at all. Because I remember... No, I can show you the fucking email. Well, I think we did I can show things. you the email. We might have later on, but and definitely, definitely you came round on your own and then Dan found out about it later. I sort of like put off shut telling Dan and he found out about it later and he just said, this isn't happening. He sent me an email, very Danish email, saying, this, this isn't happening. Yeah. And I just said, really? Dan, Dan, wait, it's in the show. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. And we did definitely go out. Dan's very dramatic. When he was over. Right. Um, I forgot my point there. Um, maybe we did. I can't remember that. Oh, no. But I do remember reading something about it. I don't think it happened yet. Anyway, the first time I read in the newspaper, David it was about something else, and then he's also doing this show, blah, 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 about his mother's affair. And I could fit that, churn yeah. me up. As soon as I read that, it churned me up. I thought, oh, yeah, something's wrong with me there because I, I don't, I have, don't have that. But, no, but, but he, what he said I is right. She would, have, she would have absolutely loved it. It's a brilliant, brilliant show. She would I mean, I only it. briefly knew her, but shit. I, I know she would have loved it. But I think, I think for you, there's one or two bits where I think, like, oh, she probably would have said, oh, did you have to include that bit, David? And that bit, David. Even said that. No, maybe not. I mean, she's such the. She's so much the star. She would have basked in the line. Yeah, yeah. She loved. She loved. And also, she really, really wanted that affair to be thought of as an amazing, glamorous thing which in the end it sort of was but the complicated thing I think is our father that if he didn't, hadn't had dementia oh, yeah. he wouldn't have liked it would you have done it no I don't think so that's I David Weeing so. right no. so yeah, I don't think I'd have done it no, he, he, would have, he would have been upset by it uh, and, and in a weird way, you see, because it's what he's upset that's mine. about, exactly. Thank you. So he's upset about, I guess, being a cuckold. But again, that sort of never really struck me, because I don't really think about shit like that. Yeah. I just don't have that as a exactly. thing. Exactly, <clears throat> that's the same as me. And it, Rachel it, is, it, it has it in spades. So you do have it, don't you? I'm like, you, no, I, I, mm, You no. have jealousy. You have said things to me where I think you, you, you have a certain sort of, completely normal, actually, for you, <laughs> sort of like anxiety about, about women buzzing around Frank. And, not and, anymore. Okay. I did at the beginning because I was okay. insecure because he was okay. famous. You must 
you know, beauty no, or whatever has no bearing on your mental. But anyway, look, all yeah, I'm so all I'm saying is that I don't I don't yeah. often feel jealousy as an emotion at all. Can't I just don't have sexual sexual jealousy is not something I feel. I don't have it. Really? No. Oh, no. I mean, there's many things I don't have. I don't really have shame. I don't have sexual jealousy. It's slightly on the spectrum. All these things. Uh, I don't have inhibition and whatever. And so it probably wouldn't have occurred to me, and, and that is an issue. Well, it would have occurred to me if he was alive, if he was a, uh, didn't have dementia, so that's a weird yeah. Freudian slip, uh, <laughs> because he would have been angry and whatever. Yeah. But I, my, I myself would find it quite hard to imagine being really hurt by a show like that because I just wouldn't think of it in those terms. I think they're more as well. No, but he would. Yeah, he would have yeah. done. Yeah, he would. Yeah, talking about his wife's infidelity. I guess that's interesting, you see, because... Because actually very few people even said that. What people talked about, which is interesting, where the shame is, was the dementia. Yeah. People talked about, oh, he's talking very openly about his dad's dementia. And actually most people still think that show was about my dad's dementia. That's totally the subplot. The main plot is my mum's sex life. Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, so you two are really close. Yeah, really, we are. Really, but you don't feel that you sort of need... Being in that mad world, I think about our world... Mm was not as mad but has its moments and we need it I feel like we, we have a weird relationship but we sort of need each other to understand I feel like we've come to terms with a lot of what happened in our childhood maybe more than our parents have why am I doing that why am I pointing up I don't know they're, dead, but they're, yeah, not. they're not but so what I'm doing do you feel like you know if, you, if, if either wasn't around mm. do you know no, what I mean you that. need no, no. That, we haven't mentioned his hypochondria okay well which is slightly we, new, well it's not completely new but it's ser- good... certainly gone through the roof in the last five years right Ivor has had more mental health issues that I have not that I haven't had any at all I was very depressed uh, a few about 10 or 11 years ago but in general I would say either has had quite a lot of mental health problems. And are you quite and open about that? Not really. No. Not, uh, <laughs> but David no, is very open about it. No, no. I mean, to be fair, he's asked me if he could talk about it yeah, a couple of times enough. before, and yeah. I said no. Yeah. It's, it's an odd one. But one of the things I've been thinking of doing, so I got asked to do jury service about two, sorry, two yeah, or three years ago, and on the form, fill in the form, it says, have you ever suffered from any mental health problems? <clears throat> and I thought, well, fuck it, I'm not going to lie. So mm-hmm. I said, yes, I had some mental issues in my 20s. And then a week later, said thanks. We, we won't be needing you. Right, and it really annoyed me. But that is an outrage. It's an outrage. I'm not sure they can do that, can they? Well, it's a jury service. So the thing, my my big point is, if you're going to call something an illness, yeah. it's an illness. Not con- other people have a condition that, yeah. that doesn't get schizophrenia. Doesn't generally doesn't go away. But an, an episode yeah. is is an illness. You know, yeah. if you have yeah. a period of flu, COVID, yeah. whatever, you get over. Most people get over it. You know, I haven't apart from the health anxiety more recently but generally I haven't really had any mental health problems since then I haven't been I was depressed for a long time before mm. it and whatever and after it and after it for a while yeah, yeah. Um, until it, I sort of got over it but um, that really annoyed me and I did, it's fucking outrageous yeah. it is outrageous so yeah. then people won't talk about yeah, it that's mad no, yeah. exactly. but how okay. can we go, I want to go back into um, the hypochondria oh yes yeah. okay well yeah. I'm a hypochondriac so yeah so what so you're, you're far more neurotic than David yeah no idea what uh, well let's say the uh, eldest child thing yeah. he was carrying more he was carrying yeah okay, more. okay. Well, what, what, but and also I think it's a body thing I think I have yes, anxiety because when I was depressed in my sort of late 20s and early 30s, or I had a sort of anxiety disorder, I think, I noticed it manifested incredibly physically. So I actually thought, uh, well, I didn't think, here's the thing, I, I, I had an incredible tightness in my throat for, yeah, for a long that. time, yeah. sort of for like a couple of years. Yeah. Now, either 
under the same circumstances, will think that he has a tumour in his throat. Yeah. Right. And I knew, I knew absolutely, oh, this is a psychological thing because I've yeah. got anxiety. Yeah. And it went away when the anxiety sort of went away. But I yeah. never at any point thought it was an actual that's, physical problem. You would. That's exactly the difference because it's this seesaw. Yeah. So I've got IBS at the moment. Yeah. I've had, you know, it, and I have been much better now, but I've had, had an attack about six six weeks ago. It was really painful. I didn't get IBS, but it was really painful. And I just, in my mind, I'm seesawing terribly, which is partly, this is a neurosis of thinking, uh, you know, trying to get that calming, sort of, don't worry, it's just IBS. Thinking, no, it could be bowel cancer. No, it's mm. IBS. No, it's bowel cancer. Mm. And, you know, that seesawing drives me fucking mm. mental. So eventually, I went to see the doctor, ended up taking two samples of shit mm. into, into the GPs on Monday, still waiting the results. Um, Platinum's but, a crime. But, <laughs> so, but since seeing the doctor, I feel much better in terms of this. And I think what it is is a pattern of sort of working myself up and then needing that reassurance from someone in authority yes. or getting a couple of tests that tell me I've never met Ivers GP, but I have a sense of him. He's a new very, one. very patient person. It's yeah. a new really? one. Yeah. So you just because the old one won't see you anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got better. A couple of years ago, it got really bad. Yeah. And I, you know, I had really bad anxiety and I ended up taking... Citalopram. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Antidepressant. Yeah. yeah. But actually, I hated it. it. Made me feel awful, mm-hmm. so I went off it for a little bit. Um, and it's got a lot better. And it's incredible to say this, but it's much, much better than it was two years ago. But I think it's partly tied in with it's to do with aging and getting to a certain age. Yeah. Now, I woke up the other morning with a, a little bruise here. Mm. Fucking sent a picture to the doctor, <laughs> freaking out. In the night, the cat had been pouring me, which no. is a little bruise from the cat. The doctor said, yeah, it might be a, a trauma, he said, which mm. by which he meant a bruise. But yeah, well, he knew the cat had been pouring you. Yeah. Why did you phone the doctor? Because I didn't, because I don't know, because it had come up in the night and I just... No, but you knew it was the cat. I didn't know, that's what I mean about the seesaw, and I think oh. it might have been the cat, but it might be suddenly if you bring anyway, something... Anyway, I'll send this down a bit, this bit, but anyway, <laughs> I here's just a short thing with the hypochondria, is Ivor recently, he's not wearing it, now, but all the pictures I've seen of him, pictures on holiday, pictures that you sent me from Chelsea, he's wearing this hat, oh, yeah. right? Uh, and it's a little bit of a sort of characterful hat. It's the sort of thing that Frank describes his previous self-styled ca- colourful characters. And I thought, oh, why am I wearing a sort of character hat? And he was wearing it, I noticed, in the sea when he, was, when he went to Korea oh, yeah. recently. And then I thought, of course, he'll be worried about skin cancer on his bald head. head. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, why am I thinking that he's doing I it for fashion you were reasons? I he was walking around with a drip. <laughs> no, 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 that's too extreme. It wasn't just that, I was wearing a t shirt as well. Yes, I know. Well, well, Art told me, I, I have a son says, Art said he won't go in the sea without the hat and the t shirt. At which point, I think, don't go in the fucking sea. <gasps> You're not enjoying it so hot. Frankie yeah. 50. Covered in this stuff. I bought you for your birthday a mark, you know, it's from Australia, Solbari, it's a proper, it looks bizarre, but because you're always white. I know. You've always got so much suntan there. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't know how we know this, but we know, maybe it's from Frank, I don't know, that you're the, the ideas person which used to come up with inventions and stuff. So is that what you do, come up with inventions and then lose interest well, and move on? Here's an interesting thing. Uh, in terms of my writing, I'm not that my confidence goes up and down. But I know I have good ideas. Mm. Not not invent. Well, actually, no, I invent. <laughs> I did invent, co-invent a thing called a sat nag. Yeah, which was a little yeah. bit misogynist, but was it was a, a spoof. <laughs> a spoof sat nag where the woman sort of says, "In five minutes, I'm going to ask you to pull over because I've left my handbag at home." Yeah. 
Well, that's it sold, sold, yeah, sold, no, loads more. Sold, sold really well. Yeah, and you made really money well. out. It it's, it's like a novelty. I made thirty thousand. Yeah, no, even that. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, he also came up with something which wasn't quite as good, called Wisecrack. Uh, which was an app of an arse that told jokes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still laughing. Um, yeah. Rate my pun. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the only thing about rate my I pun, can't hear that. <laughs> it's a competition. I like it because it's a competition. So basically, every lunchtime between twelve and one, and I've stopped yeah. doing it now. But between twelve and one, you can get your pun in, and whoever gets the most likes gets five points. How much you talk? Uh, okay, let's just have the questions. Working uh, together. How is it working together? All right, actually. It's good. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. We haven't actually done it very much. I know. think. Can I just say? All right. I think our relationship has got. It was. It was always pretty good. I think it's got better in the last two or three years. Actually, yeah, maybe. COVID. <laughs> Possibly. No, no, no. Buzz, did Buzz also wanted to know one more Buzz question. Who goes to the toilet the most? Oh, Ivor. Oh, yes. Yeah, Ivor yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, actually, you and know what? You know what? It depends entirely on like the time of day and how much coffee I've had. Because sometimes I get up in the morning, I have two coffees, and a cup of tea, and it seems like I just have to live in the toilet <laughs> at that point well, for about two hours. But then I'm fine. I'm not telling you this. We noticed you usually go always go to the toilet after a meal. That's a shit I'm doing. No, because one of the things about me, here's, here's, I think, of all the things that we've said that demonstrate that I have no shame, right, is that when we're talking about me, that I will have a shit in someone else's house, right? Like, like, wherever I am, if I need a shit, I will have a shit. She she will rather basically get an obstruction and die of hyperglycemia or whatever you die of when that happens (laughs) than do a shit. Not not that. (laughs) We know what that is. And have a shit in someone else's house, right? But I always, if I need shit in someone else's house, that's what I'm doing after I've eaten. Because I have a very fast metabolism. Right, okay. That's incredible. Also, by the way, something else you should know about me, which possibly impinged on my life. When I was six, I went to hospital for four mm. weeks with constipation. Yeah. And I don't really know An anal fissure. Well, it? apparently it was an anal fissure. Yeah. And this is why. I don't know if you know Fisher. anal Fisher. Fisher. He's a lovely bloke. <laughs> Hang on, one other thing, which yeah. is he also like it just sort of does wonder why he's a hypochondriac. I would say the main reason he's a hypochondriac is you couldn't not go to school at our, in our house if you didn't have a temperature. That was it, right? Oh, you could really? basically your leg could be falling off, no, oh. no temperature you've got to go to school. So he oh. uh, said, I can remember this very clearly. Him saying, I don't feel well, I don't want to go to school. He didn't have a temperature. He had appendicitis. Yeah, school with appendicitis. Yeah, and, oh, and, and that was horrible. Shit. I remember that being really horrible and That's really frightening. Horrible. Yeah, I remember saying, oh, oh, and, and my mum, I don't remember what my dad was, but going, I'll just go to the toilet. Yeah. So I sat on the toilet, I don't know if I did anything. Managed to get to school. And I can remember being at school in the row of desks and saying to the teacher, "Oh, oh something." Teacher says, "I'll just go to the toilet." And I walk, went to the toilet, walked back to my desk, and threw up. Everyone collapsed, and finally, you don't want to hear that, do you? No, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's fine. That's fine. But, um, but that kind of explains the hypothesis. It does a bit. I was that night. Right. My mum sent me to school with appendicitis. Yeah, that's terrible. Well, yeah. Okay. Go on. Is there anything you want to say to each other that you've never said before? I'm guessing that wouldn't work that question for you. Well, I can't think. Because you've, yeah, well, we have said. love each other. We have we said that. Said I think that. I say it to him more than he says it to me. Do you me. hug each other? Yeah, yeah, I really like either. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I really like it. Well, I'm going to no, say, I'm going to tell you something about it. Huh? Did you say like? No. Did, wasn't that the question? Do I like either? 
I thought that's what you said. You oh, sorry. You hug off. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really, do. We really, do. really, we really do. hug it. Oh, no, no, I don't. No, we don't hug very yeah. much. Okay, you don't. In fact, he used to go on about how we didn't hug and kiss. And he used to go on to all of me in a slightly annoying way about, oh, yeah, we should kiss and we should be more tactile with each other. He's got a fucking big hairy face. <laughs> I don't like kissing it. So have you. Yes. <laughs> you, I'm not asking you to kiss me. <laughs> I've got to tell you a thing here. Mm. Oh, fuck. We've got to go. So we, we recently did relative values in the, in the Times. Yeah. Oh, that I'm going to tell you. All right. So uh, we did it also 22 years ago, and we fell out a little bit about yeah. it. Right, but you, because you no, highlighted a gig that went bad. That's not why we fell out. That's why I was pissed off. It isn't. Right. I'll tell you why we fell out. Because you, I remember it very clearly, you didn't think I said I loved you enough, did it? Oh, right. I'm sure that isn't why. I'm is. very clearly remembering that you decided to talk about a gig, one of the very few gigs that comes that you were at that gone yeah, badly. The reason I would have talked about that is to show your resilience, right? Yeah, I know that was why, but I still was pissed off. <laughs> well, that's like, tough. You know, that's a comedian's so, thing. No, but you said to me, I'm sure, you know, because uh, I think well, I can't find the article from 22 years ago, but I think it starts with me saying how brilliant you are, how clever you are. That's not, and, my, that's not my memory. Mainly you just saying he died really badly, but but that shows the resilience of him that he carried on. There was more to it than that. But, yeah, but I do show my love to him, but I think you, you maybe want too much. I'm too needy. <laughs> I'm clearly too needy. And I, I, what I am in need of is going, because I, I no, am now worried. I'm now worried about getting to Chelsea all the time. We, I should, we haven't talked about that. One more thing, well, I know that? we talked about the, the, the anti-Semitism, but Chelsea has been a massive deal for us yeah, as yeah, brothers. Yeah. Like, a yeah. lot of our emotional life has been spent at mm-hmm. Stamford Bridge having terrible times and then amazing times or whatever so but we have to go and watch yeah. them now so you have to is there anything that. you want to say to David quickly before no that you never said before I knew you're he was going to say you're a cunt I okay. knew he was going to say that and I <laughs> you uh, worked that. out that I don't understand a word you say We've, I've misheard so many things yeah. you've said <laughs> well, I've misheard so what you've said like, are we both deaf Right, I think you. it's all right. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was great. I think it's great. It's really great. Are you going to argue all the way to Stamford? No, no, we're not. We're not. This has been a Little Wonder production. Logo artwork from Kathy Mason. Voice from Melanie Walters. Music from Rodri Viney. With special thanks to Beth Forrest, Steve Pickup, Sam Roberts, Henry Widdicombe, and Jill Williams. Other podcasts from Little Wonder include Here to Judge and Welcome to Spooktown. Subscribe now on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh good, some nice uh, parrot sounds. Where's the dog? Hello. Hi, Here to Judge. Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> Here to Judge is the new weekly podcast from Little Wonder, where we dismantle predicaments posted online. Featuring fruity dilemmas from Am I the Arsehole on Reddit to Am I Being Unreasonable quandaries on Mumsnet. Join me, Priya Hall. Me, Robin Morgan. And me, Leila Navarbi. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Apple, or wherever Spotify. you get your podcasts. <laughs> Go on, give me an I was just being like your hype <laughs> man. <laughs> new <laughs> episodes every Friday. <laughs> There must be something we can use. <laughs> 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 <laughs>